0: Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 11, verses 18 and 19. We'll be reading that section here in a minute or so when we get to it. And uh, it's our text verse. I was meditating on this the other day. Um, I try to just give you what God puts on my heart to give you, what's in the book, everything we preach out of the Bible. If we preach the whole Bible, nothing but the Bible, so help us God. It kind of hit me that God simply wants to be first. God wants the first. He wants not only to be first in your life, but to have the first in your life. Um, He shows us that he is really number one, whether we understand it or not. This knowledge is vital to us if we're to succeed eternally. Why? Because it's a universal, non-changing truth. That God is all in all. The devil does everything he can to slander him, to lie about him, to smear him, to twist these words, but ultimately, God is the creator of all that is. He's the inventor of all that is. He's the architect of all that is, the designer of all that is. I mean, imagine how much thought went into making you. Adam, who we came from, we're complicated. We are extremely complicated. We take so much for granted. Ignorance takes a lot for granted. Uh, I talked to a retinologist. I had a retina problem a while back and went to a retina doctor, and he confirmed with me again that the retina is one of the greatest proofs that there has to be a God. It just did not happen. Nothing is complicated, intricate, tender, and yet tough. And that's, that's the amazing combination that God has put in his creatures. We're tender, but yet we're tough. Your eyes can be easily lost, easily. We wear eye protection around gospel. We wear eye protection in everything we do. Because I know how tender the eye can be just uh, a one second of mishap can you never see again out of that eye uh, they in these protests up at Portland they were the young people were using lasers on our officers and I understand that a couple of the officers were permanently blinded by those lasers that's because it does something to the retina, sears it or something and ruins it. And you can have a detached retina and lose your eyesight if you don't get it fixed within really a few hours of experiencing it. That's why I've warned you old people, if you ever wake up at night and you see like a net over your eye or some strange, it's it's a 911, call out everybody you got, get them there because you only got a limited amount of time to save your sight if you have a detached retina. How many here have had a detached retina? Raise your hand. Doesn't happen all the time. You've had one. Doesn't happen all the time. Thank God for that. Amen. So we're so fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, What God is telling us is that without him, we're nothing. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Don't try to live independent of God. Don't try to live independent of God mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, in any capacity you got. Make him what he really is. In other words, agree with the reality of all that is that he is number one, he's first. This is a non-changing, universal truth that either you will be broken by it and or submit to it or you'll be crushed by it. There's only two really outcomes. When people come to the Lord Jesus Christ or God, they either are going to be broken by him and submit, yes indeed you are who you say you are, Jesus you are Lord. Or they will rebel against that, harden up against it, bow up against it, and eventually have to face Jesus at the great white throne and be crushed by that same truth that they rejected. You got me? That same truth. Will, and they will, they will fall on their knees, just like the Christian did earlier, and say, Lord, Jesus, you're Lord. They will fall on their knees and say, Jesus, you're Lord. But it'll be too late. It'll be too late. And so it's so important that you and I, as, as born-again believers, uh, put him as number one. Um, We will, this truth of him being number one, will outlast all other challengers and challenges. It will remain and be foundational when all else is gone. God is, number one, period. That is a teaching of Scripture from one end of it to the other. You'll see where I'm going on this when when I get where I'm supposed to be. God is not punishing us, by the way. Uh, when he asks of the first things of our life and our lives, he's not punishing us when he asks us to give of the first things of our life, our firstborn, our our increase and our and, and our service, everything we have. He's actually having compassion on us. he's just teaching us, what reality is. He's trying to keep us from being deceived, from living in a pretend world under some sort of a delusion or illusion. When someone loves you, they want you to know the truth. Amen? Shout amen to heaven. They want you to know the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They don't want you to believe a half-truth because a half-truth is a whole truth whole lie. There are no white lies. There are no little lies. They're just lies. It's either true or it's not true. There's no gray with God. That's interesting. With men, there's tons of gray. Gray area, gray area, but not with God. You'll not see gray in the Bible. It's just for who's, you're going to be judged with these body, whether it be good or bad. You don't get judged with these body, whether it be good, gray, or bad. It just says good or bad, because all of it's going to fall in one of the other categories, good or bad. We make gray areas uh, for people, but God does not have gray areas. It's just right or it's wrong. And, of course, our responsibility to know what that is. Truth and reality are the same. Jesus said he was the truth. When he said he was the truth, in essence, he was saying he was reality. So God, in the very onset of his people of Israel, began to set in motion a teaching process. I want to view, both in the Old Testament and some in the New Testament, this process of teaching how vital it is for you and I to understand clearly that God is to be number one in our lives. Why? Because Satan will challenge it. Our free will, flesh, will challenge it. The very world around us will surely challenge it and does challenge it. So, That reality that I've just spoken about is being challenged on three fronts. The flesh, the world, and the devil. And your own flesh, the enemy within, will challenge it. Because we tend to be, uh, in the flesh, independent of God uh, to our own destruction, if I may say that. So getting this truth throughout our life and clear is massively rewarding And helpful for us to be a Christian. Because if you want to be the kind of Christian that God wants you to be, you got to give God everything. You don't have anything. God owns it all, has it all. I live and breathe and move and have my being tonight because God said so. Anything I accumulate is because God gave permission. Any intellectual power I may have is because God has allowed it to be. Any intelligence is because God has allowed it to be. Any, vo- any vocabulary, any speech ability is because God has allowed it. It all goes to God, every bit of it. There were people born blind in this world. There were people born uh, deaf. There were people born retarded mentally. There were people born with all other kinds of maladies. Every one of them could be me, but by the grace of God, amen, could be me. Uh, there's an 11, 12-year-old girl named Alexa battling terminal cancer. They're going to let her go home. She's fine, ready to go. An 11-year-old, 12-year-old, I guess, 12-year-old girl, Alexa. Uh, I got to live to 68. She's going to die at 12 years old. Why is that? Well, the mercy of God, and but his decision-making. You say, Brother Bill. Brother Bell. I, I got my own way. No, you don't, as much as you think you do. The sad thing is you have very little, you have a few prerogative choices in this life, and you do have some prerogatives, and God has granted you some free will. But a whole lot of this life is on his will. It's going to be done according to his way and his will. Don't be upset about that. It's a beautiful thing. Why? Because he's good. He's righteous. He's just. Uh, and I want to put everything in his hands, amen. I don't want to put it in the flesh's hands or the world's hands or the devil's hands for sure. So how does God teach us to be teach us he is number one? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 26. Let me quickly read a few verses here, teaching at the beginning of this, Deuteronomy 26, 1 through 11. And it shall be when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance and possesseth it and dwelleth therein. Uh, That thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee. Notice the word "give." He's a giver of all that, and shall put thee in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place His name there. That was Jerusalem, but it wasn't revealed ahead of its time. This is before Jerusalem was made known to be the place where God was going to place His name. By the way, Jerusalem still is the place where God is going to place his name, and where the new Jerusalem is coming. And thou shalt go unto, pre, unto the priest, and thou shalt be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God, that I am come unto the country which the Lord sware unto our fathers for us, for to give us. And the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand, and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. And thou shalt shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, A Syrian ready to perish was my father, that was Abraham, went down into Egypt and sojourned there, that was Jacob, with a few and became there a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. And when we cried unto the Lord God our fathers, the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and wonders. And he hath brought us into this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. Everybody in America could say amen to that. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hath given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God, and worship before the Lord thy God. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee, and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the stranger that is among you. <clears throat> Let's go to verse 18 19. The Lord hath avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people, as he hath promised thee, and thou shouldest keep all his commandments. And if you, basically, if you do that, and to make thee high above all nations, which thou hast made, which he hath made, in praise and in name and in honor, thou mayest be holy people unto the Lord thy God, as he has spoken. It's interesting that God uses visual effects, uh, valuable things and needed things to keep our attention on the principle that he is number one. He does that through asking of the first of our increase. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. The word tithe in the Bible simply means 10%. He wants us to give him the first 10% of all our increase. You can thank God it's not like what Joseph did when in Egypt he got 20% of all their increase. That's federal taxes, by the way. It was the first federal taxes mentioned in the Bible. And they haven't gone below 20% since Joseph. But God said, no, that's too much. 10% is what I'm asking you to give as an increase. This is not limited just to money. But in fact, often was in animals, crops, gain of any kind, even to the firstborn, had to be redeemed of man and animal. It would be wise to remember why he is asking this of us, to keep the reason for our prosperity or our gain in focus. He is the reason ultimately for even our life to keep us in this reality and to give us a constant reality check. This helps me when I tithe. I understand why. God's number one. Remember, one. When you, when, um, you get a $150,000 check, the first thing you think of is, thank the Lord, I want to give him $15,000 of this. Amen? Or if you get a $1.5 million check, you think, God, amen, I'm going to give God, what is that, $150,000 or something like that. I'm very soon the numbers go past me. But it's not how much. It's never how much. It's just the amount, 10%. You know what I mean? The poor person who has 10 bucks, he says, I give a dollar. Now, you can argue this all you want, but a dollar is just the same as 1.5 million. If 1.5 million is a tenth of what you just made, that one dollar to the guy with 10 bucks is the same. Amen? I think there's going to be some people in heaven that are rewarded for their faithfulness in this area that you'll be shocked about because they just simply were faithful in what God said to do and whatever they had. And it's, it's to help us to keep in perspective, who is God? Who is he? Numbers chapter 18, verse 15, everything that openeth the matrix. You thought the movie, The Matrix, was the first time they used that. No. Everything that openeth the matrix in all flesh which shall bring unto the Lord, whether it be of men or beasts, shall be thine. God says, I want the firstborn of them all. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man thou shalt redeem. That was five shekels, by the way. And the firstling of unclean beast thou shalt redeem also. The clean beasts you took to the temple, the first fruits, and gave them to God. It was a great visual learning thing. That's why I don't like electronic giving. Giving is going electronic. You know what I mean by that? It's going electronic. When you when you give electronically, you you type in the amount, you hit a little button, go boom, it's over. I like the old dime one, just like this, where you had a firstborn lamb, you took that lamb, you brought him to the temple, and you gave him to the you had to, you know you had to or or you, or like, let's put it down this way, you write a check. <clears throat> I can tell you, I'll confess to you, that. There's been times I've been real short on everything. And my wife and we would write the 10% check. And she'd give it to me. She'd write. She was a banker. I let her do all the paperwork. And then she'd give me the check. And I'd look at that and go, wow, I could really use that money. Have you ever done that? You ever been so carnal as to do that? How many carnal people we got in here? Everybody's hand goes up. I look at that and I go, wow. Wow. That's a lot of money. I mean, for me, a lot of money. But I think, well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not my money. That's not my money. That's God's money. Malachi deals with it this way. Will a man rob God? Well, you've robbed me of your t- of my tithes and offerings. Basically what God's saying, you don't have anything without me. You've got nothing. And I'm only asking for 10%. That's better than Joseph, which went 20%. And so he says, just give me 10% as a visual lesson that I'm number one. And I'm not doing that because I'm egotistical and beating my chest like I'm number one, I'm number one. It is a kindness of God to keep you and to keep me in our mind focused on who really is number one. And it's God. And who are we dependent on? it helps you with that. Who am I dependent on? When I go to bed tonight, am I going to wake up in the morning on this side or am I going to wake up on that side? Who knows? Can you guarantee me that I'll be at breakfast tomorrow morning? No, you can't. And I can't guarantee you'll be there either. And you can't guarantee you'll be there. God has made life pretty iffy. Amen? I remember, oh, I remember numbers of people in this church who laid down, took a nap, and they were gone. Or went to the bathroom, and they were gone. Or were running down the road, and never gone. I mean, just, you know, death. one guy was mowing his lawn. And uh, I got a call. Oh, so-and-so mowing his lawn. And he's, he's, he's laying on the ground, and we ran down there. Brother Rochelle, he was gone, man. He was dead as a doornail. That boy was gone, and here he just had retired, just bought a place down here, was going to spend his his golden years down here in, in Florida, had it all set up, went out there with his brand-new lawnmower, and pushed around a couple of days, gone. The widow-maker kicked in, and uh, he wasn't coming back. His wife goes, w- w- we were supposed to retire. yeah. You thought you were, but, but that's the way life is, amen? And that's good to keep that way. Keep frosty. Keep frosty with God. You never know what tomorrow may bring. I think that's the Bible. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. But we're to give him uh, the first of our increase, the first day of, of our week we give him. Today is what day? Sunday is not an optional day with me. Do I want to do my thing or do I want to do God's thing? Today is his day. This is the first day. It's the first day of the seven days. I'm giving him my whole day. This is before I was a preacher. Don't don't you say, well, yeah, of course you do, because you're a preacher. now stop that. I wasn't a preacher my whole life. I was just an average person, and I, and it was just it made sense to me. Uh, Sunday was his day, and, and I gave it to him. And and what peace I had when I finally said that the whole day is yours, God. The whole day is yours. Um, You know, I'm going to refrain from my own stuff on this day, and I'm going to church. They have church. If they have church at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, I'm going. I ain't going to be happy with that much, but I'm going to go. I'm going. It's your day. First of the day, Psalm 5, verse 3. My voice shall hear Thou here in the morning, O Lord, in the morning, I will direct my prayer unto thee. I will look up. Oh, I love that. The first m- moment of consciousness in the, when I wake up, I want to say, I want to I talk about God. I want to think about God. I want to quote a verse about God. I want to, uh, Psalm 51, Psalm 23, Psalm Psalm uh, 9, Psalm, Psalm uh, 100, Psalm 103, uh, something, you know, or, or, or other verses. in and bless the Lord of my soul and just all these other different verses and, and just talk to God a little bit, make him number one. I get up at night five times. The other night I counted them five times I got up, five times, five times in one night. And, and, you know, I used to be a little upset about that until I realized I got five chances to praise God more than most of you sleep all night. I get up five times. I get up, my wife's not praising God, she's there snoring. I get up, I go, well, glory to God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul, then go back to bed. I got a little thing I got to do first, but then go back to bed. <laughs> and then I, about an hour and 25 minutes, I'm up again, just like clockwork, and uh, I get up and say, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah, and then I may sing, usually I sing something. Um, little as much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame, and do my business. Go back to bed. I get up the third time, say, "Oh Lord Jesus, thank you for life." I pray for old Max Georgie, He'd start treating Rose right. <laughs> or, or Nick, Nick Carvin. I mean, he talked about God, yeah. Maybe God, the Holy Spirit, brings up Steve Ludwig. I will say maybe brings up Misty more than Steve because she needs more. She's been suffering a lot. And, and people that are in trouble, Betty Hinton will come to my mind. I say, oh, God help Betty. Do my business, go back to bed. Now, I, I, at first I thought it was a curse. Now I think it's a blessing. And it's, it's a glorious thing. Give God first thoughts in the morning. Give first thoughts. And by the way, I give him last thoughts. Before I go to bed, I always want to think about God. I always want to have some scripture. I always want to read some Bible. I have that being the last thing on my mind, because when I lay my pillow, when I lay my head on my pillow, I'm gone. One thing my wife is upset about me. There's a lot of things she's upset about me, but one thing, remember we had, I thought we had 10 years of trouble. She thought we had 12, so I mean, that gives you an idea. But uh, one of them is that when I lay down my mind turns off, and I'm zombie. I'm sleeping. But she's like a... You ever see a dog try to lay down? <laughs> well, let me read a book for an hour. I'll tell you one thing. She's well-read. That girl is well-read. I think about finished the Bible already because she just can't sleep. And she's got... She, like, works on sleep like I'm... I'm I'd like. I'm going to take a long shot at it. Me, I think I'm going to take a 15-minute nap. A 15-minute nap. I did it this afternoon. Literally laid down, gone, woke up. 15 minutes. I was dreaming and everything. 15 minutes. She said, how do you do that? I said, this is God. I give Him the glory. Psalm 88, 13 says, But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee go before thee. Amen. That's where it's at. First of thy increase. First of thy children. First of thy day. First of thy thoughts. First of thy plans. First of thy attention. First of thy importance. Why? Because it's the truth. Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. And there's everything else you really need to have. So it makes sense that putting God first involves all these things and more. It aligns itself with the reality of, of the universe. Because what will be left a thousand years from now? You say that's a long time, is it? Two thousand years almost since passed since Jesus was resurrected. Almost two thousand already. I, I, I personally, you people that are old know what I'm talking about. Can you believe you're as old as you are? Can you believe it? You, you look at yourself like, is that possible? Have I been married to him that long? I mean. uh. 50 years, 60 years. Somebody told me the other day, they had somebody they knew was married 72 years. Now, that's the longest I ever heard anybody be married, 72 years. You had to get married about 13. But 72 years been married. I'm going to think of the name of the person that I knew. i was coming to me. He died recently. Mark, Mark, Troy, you hunted him in place. What was his name? Mark, huh? Mark Doran's mom and dad were married 72 years. Wow. And when I went over to them, they were spatting. I thought, praise God, there's no hope. (laughs) They're still at each other. They've been married 72 years. They're still arguing over the same stuff they argued 72 years ago. I don't like blue. God, what's going to be left a thousand years from now in the Bible? God and you. I hope you get this principle straight. I hope you already have it straight because it will keep you balanced. It will keep you walking with God. Uh, You'll be like Enoch. Enoch walked with God, and he was not. You know why? There was so little difference between heaven and earth. When, When Enoch walked with God, there was so little difference. One one. One morning when he walked with God, uh, God says, why don't you just come with me today? And he took him, for he was not. And you know, another person that walked with God was Noah. Noah walked with God. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 says, these are the generations of Noah. Now, Noah was a just man and, and perfect. I mean, it's complete in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. He got, was, he got saved, didn't he? He got, he got saved. God will, God will take care of you if you put him first. He, he will take. God will take care of you through every day, all long life's way. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Nobody asked me to sing, so I just go for it. God's going to take care of you. I believe it. I'm 68. He took care of me. Uh, uh, Chief, you're 72, right? 74? Are you really all right? God's really took care of you, really. Man, I remember when Chief was 70. That seemed like yesterday. When would you have your bypass? Nine? See, I'm telling you, there's time, man. I thought I had to bypass about three years or four years ago. Nine years ago? Wow, I hope I was I hope I'm okay to divulge that that highly confidential <laughs> medical information that violates the law if you but but he gave me permission to blab anything I want to blab. He just said right there. I don't know anything else. People ask me, do you want to keep your medical information? Why would I? What are you gonna do with it? You know? Are you putting God first? I hope so. Tithing? Ah, tithing. People want to argue about tithing. They don't even have a clue where God's coming from. I get to tithe. I, I, th- In fact, I want to do more than that. Uh, I sure don't want to go through this thing called life as an opportunity and be stingy on things which I can't keep. I want to be generous on things I can't keep. He is no fool to give what he cannot keep so he can attain what he cannot lose or something close to that. I like that statement. That's what it's about. Father, thank you for a few minutes together. Thank you for your communion. Protect us, hedge about us. The Bible says the angel of the Lord hedge about them that fear you. And he delivers and protects us. Help us, Father, in every area of life. Give us wisdom. Wisdom to walk. Wisdom to be able to influence people for, for your sake. Protect your people that are under persecution worldwide as well as local, and give us grace to do the right thing. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.